Dennis, good evening. There. Good evening. So, uh, just looking through a couple things here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, tonight, uh, me and Michael have decided that we're going to try something a little bit different. We want to condense this format just a, a little bit more, have a little bit more fun with it, have a lot more energy, and uh, we'll do a lot less on the uh, kind of describe what happens and just get a lot more into some good, juicy conversation about just things that we've just found interesting about the episodes. So uh, that being said, we're going to go through episodes four, five, and six all at once. So a quick uh, quick spoiler alert, if you guys haven't watched those three episodes, uh, please do so. Otherwise, you're going to get spoiled. Uh, a lot seems to happen within these three episodes. Uh, I don't know. How, how would you like to approach it? Do you want to go through like, hey, we're here and then we end there? You just want to jump into like where we left off last time after episode three. How do we want to go about it? No, good question. I it's it's hard to say, and I think with this format, it's getting more towards the ideas and what kind of caught your interest. You know, there's there's so much yeah. content out there, and anyone can go out and listen to the myriad of arguably far higher production value of podcasts, YouTube reviews of Raised by Wolves that are catching all the great cultural nuances of the legend of Romulus and Remus, of all the tie-ins into Ridley Scott's other science fiction. We could do that all day. I think what this conversation is more about is just the fun. It's the excitement of uh, yep. let's, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about it. So I think it really for, for, again, can't reiterate enough, go watch the episodes, come back and listen and then join the conversation. Um, I think we could yep. kick off with talking about, what are some of the initial things that caught your interest? I'm, I'm thinking about that, that uh, in episode four, when the Mithraic folks are coming up over the desert dunes and um, they come across that strange object. It was so pseudo-2001 A Space Odyssey when they come across this weird hexagon and they're saying it's, it's, it's a gift by soul and they're putting their hands on it and there's heat emanating from it. And, you know, the, one of the lead clerics says, you know, this is intelligent design. This is another intelligent species. Someone built this. Um, it was fascinating. And, and I, I got to say, that's when I felt like, wow, this is really kicking into gear. And, you know, when I was watching this the other, the other day, I, I thought the feeling, the feeling and tone of this is giving you that fun, eerie feeling that science fiction could get you to think and feel. It's, it's it's get you think who the hell made this thing why is it here why is it you know projecting this heat why is there a, a hole that they're like trying to investigate you know it's it's just really fascinating and that caught my interest and definitely sparked some interest it was harkening back to other science fictions but it was doing something new you know like you come to this other planet and there's this giant weird object and i feel like they could do a lot more with this so i don't know that caught my attention what was your thoughts on that object they found the Mithraic folks well, I, I, I don't know why I had, like the revelation while I was watching it. I, I, t- I take notes here. I'm kind of like looking at I'm like, oh, they find a giant geometric object just like, bam, like, like it was lodged into the sand. And then first thing it gets to me, I'm like, how is it created? Why is it put there? Why does it have like such precise angles? Why is it? They mentioned it's five-sided. I'm like, oh, five-sided Pentagon. That's what the name of like, I think episode two or three or one of those was on. I'm like, ah, but what does that mean? Like, where, where's that going towards like something that's like five-sided rather than four is like implying another dimension <laughs> like you know something there and like why is it giving off heat like why, why do they like sit there and like of course you have the people all praise soul souls provided look at this 
wonderful thing and they have no idea what it is but soul provided it. it's the greatest thing in the world so it's kind of like it, you're still like looking at it like they don't even know what it is but it, it provides some sort of superpowers because by the end of like let's see here i think we're into episode five or no i guess the end of episode four is like when uh when they find out ambrose like kind of figures it out with marcus like hey i know you're an atheist and i know the jig is up like you, you can't hide anymore i'm gonna out you in which case Marcus is like, all right, well, I guess we had to kill this guy. I guess we had to do it. And then he uses the stone or this big pentagon, this whatever this thing is. And he, he like, he's like, look, it killed him, but not me. Like, guess what? Like, it's, it's got magical powers. So I think it's like the age old thing of like humans don't know what to make of something. So they kind of give it its own meaning. Like what, what do you like? And then you kind of make up a backstory with it. And then to what extent I'm like, well, what is the truth? I'm like, I don't know. We don't know what the truth is how do you define truth and like it kind of comes to one of those like this versus that but i don't know i thought it, it, i thought it was interesting it's still i'd like no real answers on it though right like we haven't really yeah. gone, gone any further with it and i think that's there's there's points there right like it's anytime you see in a, in a well-written science fiction there's one big encompassing question that is like a tree trunk it's a branch and everyone's going towards the end around you know what happened on earth and, and why are we going to this other planet? Why are the Mithraic people saying this is the promised land? Why, why are, uh, what, you know, what's the purpose for them coming here? How are these androids going to play out? Like, how are these children going to be going to come into fruition? And so I think that that's intentional. We, we don't know. Uh, they could totally pull a lost and not give us any answers at all. Or they can, they can kind of give us some, right? And I have a feeling, I have a hunch. That's why I'm interested in the science fiction is the great way to do it is, is, is that's how re, what happens with reality. You find some answers, right? And then, but, but it leads to further questions. And that's, that's, that's what drives curiosity for me. That's why I want to stay curious and think about, like, what, what is going to happen next? So, no, I don't think we got an answer on that, even at the end of the entire season. But I think that's intentional, and I like it. And I have no idea what this geodesic, you know, ob- obelisk-type object is, but I feel like we're going to have to revisit it. And there's obviously some other intelligent species out there that have either constructed this or left this for some purpose that we don't understand yet. So I, my theory upon, like, divulging into the universe and my rudimentary knowledge and, like, kind of, like, getting into some woo stuff is, thinking that this thing was created by the universe because it's a geometric shape and the fact that like gravity spinning around a star can like cause things to fall in place and around or like very symmetrical shape and then something pushed it off into orbit it landed on kepler 22b and then this is what brought life to kepler 22b or this was like something that like bam brought it there and then the tie-ins that kind of go into like maybe how earth is tied to Kepler 22 B. But I mean, that's, I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't know. And then it's like hot inside. Like, well, what's inside? Is that like un, unlimited energy? I, who knows? Like maybe it's a secret to everything that has ever been. Well, wouldn't that also, you know, it's, you, you got to go for what's feasible and what's in the theme of the science fiction itself, but there's also other tie-ins. Wouldn't that be kind of an arc, right? And yeah. it would be, 
it would be, it'd be the all the the arc of the humans the Mithraics coming is foreshadowing of some kind of generation of life. It would also be very symbolic in its connection to what Scott, Ridley Scott does a lot with in in Prometheus, right? There's kind of like a canister, and and it's a way to seed a planet. I think it's fascinating. It's come a lot more recent in science fiction. It's it's, a, it's an interesting concept. There's been all sorts of strange theories for how life is generated on Earth, and and there's open questions on whether or not the organic materials that uh, allowed life to begin on Earth were they was was 100% of the materials required here on Earth, you know, or was there some seeding effect? Was there some kind of you know external force of any kind that either led a comet, an asteroid that seeded the Earth by introducing just the right components, just the right chemistry at the right time to where life, you know, came here. There's been all kinds of crazy science fiction ideas about like, you know, Earth being seeded and perhaps even, you know, life could have started on Mars and, and Mars, you know, was where life initially was and something catastrophic happened there and Earth was in its early bombardment period and, you know, it settled down and eventually life started here. And so it's, there's certainly great ideas that it could stem from for what kickstarts life. Because there's, there's, we, we, don't, we simply don't know. You know for, for our own history, Earth was, you know, was solidified about 4.8 billion years ago during the early bombardment period when it was just you know, the solar system was chaos. Everything was colliding into each other. There's craters everywhere. Um, you know, planets are, are probably in some kind of... Um, not fully solid, not fully liquid magma kind of state where it's just a desolate hellhole, right? And mm. that could very well have, have happened. And we don't know, like going far back enough, you know, we start to see the fossil record where life comes, it, you know, bacteria was one of the first things. And for a couple billion years, it was just bacteria for a while before we started getting to even a single cell animal, multicellular and, and through the the, the hundreds of millions of years of progression into actual complex life. So we don't know, like, you know, we can look at fossils and we can draw all kinds of great conclusions that are fascinating and worth knowing. But I think that's one of the fundamental questions about origins of who we are, where we come from. And that's exactly what this is wrestling with. So I, I sat there applauding going, yes, like this is fun. This is getting into where science fiction should be getting us to think about stuff and wonder and, and drive your curiosity. So interesting, like super interesting that like I see like everything we, you just went over of like, like how did, how did life start? How, how did we get to that point? And then you talk about bacteria, single cell organisms, all then like, you know, hundreds of millions of years, thousands of years or whatever, whatever it might be. You get to the point where I'm like, hey, oh, we develop consciousness. We develop the, the thing that humans can do that like really no other animal, they say the main difference is is that we could think about the future and we could plan, we could come up with all these abstract ideas and we could extrapolate things and we could manipulate all of our resources to come, come here where, where we're at right now. And I, I saw the funniest thing on the internet. It's like, so you're telling me that the earth started with rocks and water and now we have Bluetooth. <laughs> like, like it's, it's the most, it's the craziest right. thing. Cause like you think about it, like someone 200 years ago looking at a cell phone, be like that's witchcraft. Like that's the most, like that's magic. That's something I can't like fathom. Like their head would explode, and then you start talking talking about like, hey, how do you transmit a signal? And like, really, 
can can you not say that like me and you using a phone using like a phone right now to discuss with each other almost instantaneously i'm wearing bluetooth a headset i'm transferring what's in my mind over into your mind and you're comprehending it and you're talking back within milliseconds so i'm, I'm starting to think i'm like we've manipulated all these resources to come up and now we're talking artificial intelligence the real question is how much can what we've created with the resources that we have that we could create artificial intelligence and we say like hey look at all these ones and zeros that we can make and they can predict things and they can model things and they can come up with all this stuff to the point where in this case they made androids they made these androids to be as human-like as possible but obviously i mean in this show they give him, they give them limitations these aren't the end-all be-all androids that you might see in other shows like even like westworld that they could predict and see anything and they could do a lot of things like these are kind of like they're human like you know they're they can, they have emotions. You see them fight. Like mother and father are always like fighting. They're jealous against each other. They bring like the worst out in each other. I'm like, wow, I thought androids were supposed to be perfect. <laughs> like, you know, I thought they're like, we developed them, but I mean, we're flawed as it is. And we have our own endocrine system, our lymphatic system that we experience emotions. And we program that into something we created, which was something to think about. I'm like, well, how do they, then how do androids evolve necessarily? I, I, you know, I, I think it's a really good point to tie it back into, you know, what the show's about and trying to get you to think a little bit more and, and to dive into some of these topics. For me, what I found fascinating is they have all these different people with varying backgrounds from atheist humans to robots who are atheists to people who are faithful. And it's getting you to answer questions around like, is there a best mode or methodology for things? I thought it was really interesting in episode four when Father and Cambian are were on the fence about killing the creature. Campion had empathy. He felt for the animal. And he asked Father, we, we shouldn't kill it. And he says, Father, I know you're good. You should know better. And he goes, no, I, we got to survive. You know, I'm sorry, but being a good person isn't going to put food in your belly. And he said, well, wait, 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 Father, let me, let me try. Let me try to scavenge for some other food. And they're, they're walking around and they're scavenging all this food. And it kind of gives you a little hope because you start to go, I wonder if he can find something. He starts rooting around and Father, really cool Android capability, you know, shoves these different materials that they're finding, these different like plants and, and, and nuts and acorns and stuff. And he's eating them and he's saying, ah, oh, this is edible or this is not. And he comes to one that's reasonably edible. And he says, we have to do a, an analysis. They go back to the ship that they landed in to do a deeper analysis. And Cambion is saying, I believe. I, mean, I, just, I don't know. I just, I, I believe. And you can tell the Mithraic children are rubbing off on him. He pauses for a moment. And Father says, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> but if you read in between the lines, Cambion, this atheist child raised by these androids, is praying. He's hoping that this canister is edible right? That this can put him in a position so he's not ethically or morally compromised to killing this creature. And what, what does reality show? Well, unfortunately, there's, there's cyanide in it. This is unedible. It's unedible for humans. And, the, and he, he's devastated. And you go on the other side, and one of the Mithraic guys, the older Mithraic child, says he's the son of a cleric. He can't kill, some, he'll, he can't kill the creature. He asked someone else to. So we find two human beings on complete polar opposites coming to the same resolution of, 
I cannot kill this creature for completely different reasons. Can't be in for ultimately an emotionally deep rooted reason, but the other child, I forget the character's name, but he, he, he's getting there because that's the rules in society that he can't taint himself. He has to be pure. And it really makes you rex- wrestle with those, those things around like, who's right? Is there a better reason not to kill someone? Should they kill it? I don't know. They end up killing the thing and they all sit around it saying it tastes like pork. And there's all kinds of implications later on, <laughs> which we won't get into, I think, in this episode. We probably need to wait till the next one around the ethics of whether or not they should have eaten this, this living thing. And that's what I love about the show is it's, it's really taking the, it's dialing the social expectations of these extremes and giving different people, different reasons to come to the same conclusion. And right now I think it's good for us in the state of the world because the world is so divided. We have massive populism, massive globalism, you know, people who are politically polarized, people who are religiously polarized and, where as the audience, it makes you looking at them kind of go, gosh, I don't know, if, I think all these people are crazy for different reasons. And seeing them navigate it and figure it out together is just super fascinating. It makes me very self-reflective. Well, it's, uh, I'll say that I, I've, uh, I'm going like full circle here because I all, yeah. I have, I've like, I full, like, I started to question myself like about what I believe in. And I see it now just like in, let's just put it in this world, in the Raised by Wolves world of the fact that like, hey, you have a religious faction, they have atheists, and they're both screaming, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Of course, we see that in our, our day-to-day life about like, who's right and who's wrong. And then you start to like, really, the more you uncover some things about like having faith, and you, you look at some people like they have faith, like, praise soul, he will save me. And then like, you know, the, the parents get killed, like right there. And they're just like, that didn't save you. <laughs> like that didn't do anything. So like it, it's kind of like like well they in that context they weren't right but then you look at atheists like you know you said like absolutely no praying praying stupid that's that's the dumbest thing in the world but you have to think about it like having faith in something may be like the the key like you know it may be the key to like the universe because I started getting into a lot of woo woo quantum physics and understanding how things work and like <laughs> like wavelength sure. wavelengths like. The fact that you can put yourself in a state of mind either through meditation, through prayer, through being grateful. Like I hear these things over and over again, beating like over my head with all these gurus and people like that. I'm like, yeah, they're all crazy. But then you start to think about it. I'm like, well, maybe this is people achieve the same thing through different mediums. Like how, how do you get to the point where like you hear people, they say they talk to ghosts. You're like, you don't talk to ghosts. That's not real. But I'm like, well, why can't you think about like, how something could bleed into another quantum realm because you put your mind or like something along those lines. Now that's getting a little bit far out there, but the point I was trying to make is that atheists are now like craving, like let's just say Campion, he's craving to be more. He's like, I want to have faith. I want this to happen. He's like sitting there really thinking about it really hard that he's just like, he's only, he's praying, but he knows nothing about religion or how how to do it himself but he's doing it it's like a natural thing that kind of comes to him he came to that that answer himself so i i just think it's interesting i'm like maybe everyone gets to the same place but just through different means and then we have wars over who's right and who's wrong and yeah look, look where we're at right now everyone in the world has to be in one camp or the other and i think later right. we're we're still uh, we're still at the point where we're talking about episode five and six right Okay, yeah. so uh, there, there's something I found interesting that Paul, the eighth or the uh, the son of of uh, 
Mithraic and then Campy, and they had a discussion where they talk about things. He's like, and then they finally get to a disagreement where uh, where Campion looks at him and he says, like, you know, I don't believe that's true. And he's like, yeah, well, uh, and then he also says, he's like, well, we can have differing opinions, but we can still respect each other. And I, I'm like, what a blatantly, obviously, way to uh, tie it yeah. into where yeah. we're at right now. But in that... Lay it out for the yeah. audience, people. <laughs> yeah. Like, lay <laughs> right. it on Get along. I think I think it's great. I th- I think that that's 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 the one thing that a lot of science fictions have done a good job of dis- displaying. I, I love that in Star Trek, right? Like in the '60s, you know, after civil rights and and you know after the world was so divided on so many things, you know, World War II, reasonably fresh, only like a little over a decade and a half previously. What do they do? They introduce they introduce an international crew of people from. Russia, Japan, African American, and we show that our strength is in our diversity. And I, I personally subscribe to that. And I'm not saying as a political or religious component. I'm I'm discussing more as a very granular individual to individual. We need perspectives in all spectrums to to give insight to 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 use their creativity to to progress to progress humanity forward. We we truly need it. And I think that's exactly what this thing's trying to get across. And what I love to see in Cambian and Paul is that there is a meeting of the minds in the middle from two extreme camps. And what's connecting them more than what their upbringing was is the, like who they are. The, the similarity they have is they're just kind. They're empathetic. They care. Um, you know, they're not as fully tainted yet by either of these indoctrinated camps for, for, for having that, that's, that, that, that they're, those camps take some things and um i i think i think it's fascinating and, and, and certainly something that's very fun it's 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 this we gain strength from having more people thinking different things if we all thought alike precisely we would we would all be alike conversations would not be fruitful we wouldn't we people wouldn't be able to bring new ideas to the table to change perception and change how we move and think and act as a, as a, as a species and that's exactly what this thing's trying to drive it's it's yelling at the audience look at what you're doing be accepting of each other uh have different opinions live live your truths right but uh respect each other's truths and that doesn't mean you have to you know you have to say, I, it, it doesn't even mean that you, you, you have to withhold any and all judgment of someone's truth. You just have to acknowledge it. You have to say, yes, that's a truth you can have. But people can have conflicting ones and disagree with you. And, you know, one of the rebuttals that mother said that I found was absolutely fascinating when um, father asked her for Cambian, hey, you know, why are you, because Tempest was going to have her children, right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want the children because she was raped. And mother says, yeah, she was against her will. I don't think she should have to go full term. I have, we have these synthetic wombs here. Why don't we use them? And father says, but that's a risk. Again, very logical. That's a calculated risk. I mean, why would we want to do that? Why don't we let, what was the old saying on earth? Let nature take, take its course. Yeah. And, and what, did, what did mother say back? Sorry, nature has no course. And I was like, oh, that is such an intense rebuttal, you know, and as, as harsh as it is, it's hard to not see truth in both. There's so many times in my personal life that I've thought, you know what? I'm not going to mess with it. Let nature take its course. It's like the same truth in War of the Worlds when, 
Tom Cruise's daughter has a splinter beginning of the movie. And he goes, you're going to get an infection. I got to get it out. And she goes, no, 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 no. My body's just going to push it out. It's going to push it out. He goes, no, it's going to get infected. She goes, no, it's going to push it out when it's ready. And that was the whole truth of War of the Worlds by the end was that these tripods are going to come to Earth, but they're going to be stopped because we have bacteria to, to protect us, right? Nothing dies in vain. But, um, you know, at the same, on, on the opposite, there's a whole other truth of that of, you know, go, go look at the fossil record. Go look at how there are literal creatures like pigs that have boar tusks where the bone of their teeth curls up back into their skull and punctures their brain and kills them. And there's not a damn thing that animal can do about it. And, and we're going to call that like, this is a plan. Like there's, 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 there's like, that's okay. Like this guy just drew the short, the short straw and it's all part of a bigger plan that makes sense. You know, I think there's rough figures of 75, you know, thousand children die every month of lack of nutrition across the globe. And that's just okay. That's, that's, that's the plan. And I think that this, this show is doing such a great job to get you to think and it, it, it submit to both those truths and, and figure out that is there a world where both those truths hold that can, can be held in a single mind. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing. That's a mental exercise that I, I could afford to continue to pursue. And a, a stupid TV show on HBO Max can help me get there. I, I feel the same way that like I, because yeah, obviously just you and I talking about it. Like we take it a lot less for face value. I watch this twice and I find myself like thinking more deeply about it and then questioning my own thoughts and my own opinions to the point where I'm like, I, I used to like, kind of err on the side of a bike everything's logical. There's a reason for everything. There's no magic, like the blah, 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 all that. I'm like, well, thinking that way doesn't help anything because if that were the case, we would all just be cybernetic organisms that just kind of live and die. And we do what we have to. And like, we all like go directly in our line, like a bunch of robots, like really a bunch of androids. I'm like, there's no, there's nothing special about that. Like there's, there's absolutely like, there's no meaning in that whatsoever. So like deriving meaning might be another missing component that you that happens as humans since we have consciousness it, it makes us think like well you we have consciousness we have to derive things we have to figure out why we like we're not just dogs that just kind of run around and look for their next meal and like where they're going to sleep in the night wolves like you they you still have the ability to do that the one thing i i will say that like just my opinion is like we we tend to think we're the center of the universe and then Come to find out, we we, we so know true. nothing. Out, we we really know nothing about the right. universe. Like other planets, we're just looking at them. Like we're just observing them. But like, let's say for this, like you go into like this sci-fi show, and then you start to see that, like you kind of see that they think they're the center of the universe. But like, well, what's this? What's this Pentagon object? What the hell is it? Explain that. <laughs> like, like the atheists can't explain it, and the, the in right. the like and the Mithraic can't explain it. So it's kind of like one of those things. I'm like, I think they get put in their place. Like, Hey, there's a bigger picture here that we have to figure out. And what maybe long-term it's like one of those things like, Hey, both camps have to come together and figure out what's happening with this third party. That was just like, we don't know what it was, which obviously like there's, yeah, like I won't get into that because I'm like, they're we're still kind of looking at the two, the two parties and two factions right now. Yeah, I, I, it's it's how comfortable or uncomfortable are you on an individual level with not knowing the truth, how, and and 
and so many people can spin on what the truth is, but can you admit there's a portion of truth that is unknown and will likely always be unknown? And who, who's more at fault? The religious zealot who says, this is ultimate truth. There is no other truth. I will not budge. Or the, the scientific method of disproving something to prove something with such high scrutiny and such high peer review that you, you, you'll, never, you'll never land on anything. You're just perpetually waiting for observation that you can never conclude anything. And I think where humans live on a day-to-day -day basis is where people build things, they follow the rules, they, we, we exist in a space where if a person builds a bridge, they can trust physics well enough that that bridge can allow people to walk across for millennia and even bridges in cult countries much older than ours have stone masonry that is holding up cars for decades, if not hundreds of years later, because some guy thought, you know what, I don't know for certain if this material will absolutely hold, but if I follow the basic principles of what we have learned, if I can, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants and progress knowledge forward, I think there's something that I can work with here. And that, that compromise space is where most of us live every day. I'm, I'm, I'm a telecom dude who works from home. I don't know most things. I, I saw one of those Venn diagrams that showed, you know, four circles. What, uh, what I don't know, giant circle, uh, medium-sized circle, you know, what I think I know, smaller than that, uh, what I know reasonably well, and then a smaller circle than that, what I got down, what I really know, like without, without a doubt. And I think from an individual level, all of us could afford to recognize we, the, the, if you were to quantify all knowledge in the universe, what is unknown versus what is known to you as an individual, the unknown far outweighs it. So you have to come to terms, whatever your situation is, on how you deal with that. And that's what's so fun is seeing these androids, these children, the Mithraic, with all their varying disciplines and all their varying backgrounds coming to terms with the unknown. How do, how do you deal with this giant blob of unknown knowledge that we, you know, we, there's no way around it. And I think, I think that's why this show is great. Um, and that's why I think for my rating, if I were to contemplate these last three episodes, it's hard for me to downgrade it. Like, you know, if I were asked, can you pick out some things of the show? Could you nitpick it? Like, certainly like the robots, this suits kind of get old yeah. for me sometimes. They're just like, you know, they're, they're, they're just weird metallic gray suits that I get it. You're an Android and we're on a budget. Okay. <laughs> um, there's, there's components of the Mithraic that are clearly like almost a pseudo bash on, bash on any form of religion, but I feel like a hard emphasis on Catholicism. And I get that, but it's, but I, I, I don't, for the most part, the show's just blowing my socks off. It's getting me talking about stuff. This is like what old science fictions do. I had a great relationship with my brother and my father. And for years, years, Dennis, like 15 plus years, we would sit around after seeing the original movie Alien and ask, what the hell was the space jockey, the dude who was grown into the seat? What is that thing? 
was it like an alien? Like was it an was it an elephant looking alien? Why did why was its ribs showing? And we know why it exploded from the outside. It was a xenomorph from Alien, right? Okay, I get that. But like, there's why are there ships like grown like plants? Do they grow them? Do they build them? Is it a living thing? Is that bone? Is it a weird metallic material? Just got you asking all these questions. And for fifteen, maybe twenty plus years, we didn't know. Then Ridley Scott swoops in, swoop, 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 boom, Prometheus answers. Nope, they're giant humanoid dudes. And the exterior of that space jockey was just a spacesuit. Yeah. And I remember a part of me was like, shit, I thought there was a lot more to that. Or a part of it was like, actually, that's kind of cool. That's a little weird. And that's why I'm excited because if Ridley Scott can give us answers to questions that people have been thinking about in pop culture for 15 or 20 plus years, what the fuck is he going to do with this TV show? and the crazy ideas that continue to pop out of every episode. So for me, if I had to give a rating to last episodes, they're great. It's get me thinking. They're not perfect. It's not a perfect TV show, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And it's enjoy and, and, and I'm loving talking to you about it, Dennis. So what do you, what's so, your take on it? Love it. And the first time, like I'll, I'll say that like, I was just kind of casually watching. I'm just trying to figure out, like really trying to get some things. But the second time I'm like, Oh, it's starting to become more apparent. And then, Oh, you're really starting to beat these ideas over our head. So yeah, I agree with you. Like some of these things, I'm like, oh, you're really trying to, you're really trying hard on it, and I'm starting to get it now. But my one complaint, the only thing I had to say is, I'm like, man, the second time through, I dislike Mother more and more and more to like where they they have like made it like her just like this terrible person that's like I'm like she so like human like like she has like the qualities of an android, but the worst parts of a human. It's kind of like uh, she'll she'll leave father and won't tell him where she went, like a cheating spouse. And like, what do you care? You're not as smart as me. And he's like, oh, that hurts. And then she's like, you don't have the computing power. And like, father, maybe you could join me someday if you could fly. No, oh, that's right. You can't fly. I'm like, oh, why are you being so terrible to this man? There's this android that is so loyal to you. That is just like like when he's like he's like gasping. He's like, mother. The only thing I care about is your well-being. And I'm just like, God, it, you're just like, she's, she's just been so awful to him. And they get so much worse. And I'm like, man, they're really like the second time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're laying that, that one on pretty thick. And I, I wonder if there's going to be like some type of resolution. I won't like get into the next three episodes, but like, I, I just wonder if there will be like something that kind of like you know redeems like makes her better but other than that the character development like i really started seeing like the true nature of the children uh who you were talking about earlier was like hunter uh i remember that one because my nephew's name is hunter uh which is odd because campion looks like my nephew but obviously my nephew's not named campion yeah like they they remind me a lot so i'm like i always see hunter there but i remember hunter's kind of being like the he's the smart cleric son of a cleric and he's got an iq of like what 140 and he he's he's above doing work and like things like that. I'm like, oh, so relatable. Like you know, plenty of people like that that you work with that you meet in your life. They're just like, no, no, I can't do that. Look at these hands. These these hands are royalty. And by the way, that's the actual that that's an actual <laughs> quote I got from someone at one of my last jobs. And I just like cringe. I'm like, oh, your hands are royalty. What the what does that mean? <laughs> like I come from like a more blue collar working background of like you gotta have calluses on your hands and blah 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 and like all that. Well, like, oh, I just, there's different, like, they give you different points of view and different personality, pit, uh, different different personality types. And you see it with Campion and Paul, they get into the spat about, like, hey, 
here's a riddle. Can you solve it? It took me 33 minutes. And then Paul's like, oh, I figured it out. And then they get mad at each other and they get in this big fight. And like all that, I'm like, oh, this is children. This is boys being boys. Like, you know, you could take them out and like put them on a distant earth, but they're still going to spat. So there's a lot of things yeah. to relate to. And I actually, I enjoy that because I'm like, oh, this isn't like so far-fetched. Like there's the cool sci-fi aspect of it and like androids and then like organisms and things like that and like mystery. But then you get like the same, like, hey, here's humans being humans. Here's drama. Take it. <laughs> so, but the last three episodes, loved them. The Awesome. And, and, and to your point, it's, they're, they're relatable, right? Great big science fiction, but equally very relatable. And so I'm excited. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm going to keep listening and, and keep uh, watching, the, watching the shows. And, dude, keep talking about Yeah, and about I think, uh, I mean, we, we might take a second here to talk about it, some other topics on other episodes, but we'll definitely come back and try to wrap up this season so we can, like, you know, give some ideas, maybe predictions for – what's going to happen next year, uh, season. I haven't heard much about like, uh, like it being confirmed or all that stuff, but no, I think it, this is fun. This is exciting. Like I love talking about it. Same here. And I think like, to your point, we should, it's for, for those of you listening, if there's, there's a reason behind Dennis and I wanting to escalate raised by wolves a bit and move forward. It's because we're, we all, uh, live and work every day and, you sometimes get exposed by other things and ideas pop, pop in your head and you want to talk about them. There's all these other fun things coming out. You know, Den- Dennis and I have mentioned multiple other science fictions on previous conversations, but we're equally submitting to not everything has to be a high cerebral uh, science, deep science fiction conversation. And we're getting excited for the new uh, Godzilla vs. Kong movie that's coming out. And I think it might be worth having some other, fun conversation so keep an eye out we're probably gonna be generating some other episodes we'll continue on the raised by wolf topic because it just has so much fun things to talk about but we're probably gonna be generating some other things so keep your eyes out give a listen and uh as always thank you for listening